Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estates. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is Leslie Giss, and you're listening to the Gist of Freedom. Uh, tonight we have a very special guest. We have on the line Miss Melanie Milani, Miss Milani and Douglas. Are you on the line? Hi, yes I am. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad we were able to connect and get you on. Uh, could you introduce yourself to the audience? You have a fabulous bio. <laughs> Why, thank you. Um, I am mm-hmm. Milani Douglas. I am the curator of engagement for a museum I started to start called the Family Arts Museum. And the Family Arts Museum focuses on family as fine art, home as curated space, and community as gallery. And I am also um, the community engagement manager for Everyman Theater in Baltimore. And we are expanding how the theater space is being used. So by creating events and um, non-traditional ways of engaging the public and serving the public. Wow. Now, tell us a little bit more about the museum. Um, I'm really interested in hearing about that. That's unique and that's something you need to be commended for doing. Thank you. Um, what happened, the, what the museum started is because I uh, am, was attending MICA, Maryland Institute and College of Art, and we, I am in the curatorial practice program, and we had to come up with a partner. So we had to either partner with a museum or partner with a school or an institution so that we could do our exhibition in partnership. And in reaching out to people, I really wasn't, able to establish the kind of relationship that I wanted to establish that would allow me to build my own. Um, And so I decided to start my own museum, and I was learning about non-collecting and nomadic museums, which means that instead of having a large collection, you um, don't collect, you don't keep any of the work that you show. You either give it back to the artist or you sell it, and then also nomadic meaning that we move. And so I, I wanted to focus on family. I'm a mother. I was, you know, in grad school with a one-and-a-half-year-old nursing baby and really viewing myself as an artist and being a mother as an artist and a part of a family as an artist and really looking at the differences in how we curate our homes and what does that mean and then also what is it, how is the community really the gallery of, of all of these different types of art. So I came up with the Family Arts Museum. Our first exhibition was Love on the Line, Stories of a Baltimore Worth Living For. And our artist was a domestic artist, Miss Penny, and she taught the art of folding clothes. And um, 
and, and, and I celebrated her as hater and, and just like you would a traditional artist. And um so that's 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 what I'm you know, focused on in non traditional spaces. So uncommon spaces with uncommon people in common spaces is, is what I focus on making my exhibitions about. Okay. Give us an example of an uncommon place. Okay, so common a common place can be the laundromat. But the audience is uncommon. So you go into a laundromat, you may not know everyone at the laundromat. These people are not common to you. You're not familiar. But you all share this familiar experience of going to the laundromat. You guys have the same goal. You are coming to wash your clothes. Um, you're coming to get check off your to-do list. And you all are doing the same thing. You, so you, in a way, you are already a community but you just don't know each other. So art becomes the vehicle and the performance and the exhibition and the storytelling becomes the vehicle in which way in, in the way that people begin to get familiar with each other. So this common place now includes common people. And um so that's that's that would be my the example that I could give the best one of because that's that's the exhibitions that I've already done, even though I'm working on some other exhibitions in other places. Mhm. Okay, and now your love on the line, stories of a Baltimore worth living for. Uh, it received the best pop up um, yeah. award. Tell us more about this award and its recognition with the Baltimore Magazine. So Baltimore Magazine is the premier style magazine in Baltimore, and they have an award every year called the Best of Baltimore. And Best of Baltimore, it highlights the best food, the best poet, the best book, the best, you name it, they're going to talk about it in Baltimore Magazine. And so they have two two uh, awards. One is, the, one is the critical vote on who has the best in different categories. Then they have the editor's choice, and I was chosen um, in the editor's choice, which is the final Best of Baltimore Award. So it's a pretty, um, I, I I mean, when I, when I got the news, I now understand the happy cry, like the, the totally ugly happy cry. I was so excited. It's a pretty big recommend, uh, award. It's a, it's a big way to be recognized in Baltimore, and it was my first exhibition. <laughs> it was, you know, the premiere of my museum, and it became award-winning, and, and, and that was just so humbling and um I just was so so grateful that I continued to go against all odds to get it done and to do what I dreamed of doing. Even though you know, some people thought it, thought it was a pretty a pretty wild idea, but mm-hmm. I felt that it wasn't. I felt that it was something that I could be you know very comfortable doing. There were some projects that I admired that um, did happen in laundry mats in the seventies. And then after doing it, I found out about a project up in Brooklyn. So it's it, it's not like it it has. I'm sorry, in the Bronx, it's not like it just it hasn't been. It's like it hasn't been done. It's just that the way that I was able to do it was one that truly reflected who I am and where I'm from. Wow, that's that's uh, that is awesome. Now, tell us about the HUD grant writing. Program and then I want to go on to the Everyman Theater. Yeah, so through my work through the Family Arts Museum and by focusing on community engagement as an art, and so not just 
sending emails or sending an invitation, really engaging the community, I was opened up to a position at Every Man Theater to do community engagement and to talk about how can they use their space in different ways. And through one of the partnerships through uh, with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, they do a workshop around the nation, and the workshop focuses on capacity building, grant writing, nonprofit training. It's perfect for the person who's either thinking about starting a nonprofit or has a nonprofit but wants to take it to another level. So in partnership with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, every man opened up its doors and has allowed for the space to be used to have this capacity building workshop. And um, we also, in, in collaboration with the Office of Elijah, uh, sent a Congressman Elijah Cummings, we're, we're able to offer it and open it up to even more residents of Maryland. And even though we have people that are coming down from Philadelphia to go, we have already over 170 RSVPs. So we're really excited about this event and hoping to pass the house. Wonderful. Now, how did you guys find out about the uh, the program? You mentioned the politician. Um, do you have a collaboration with him? Is he a great supporter of the theater? Well, we actually reached out reached out to his office because some of his initiatives that deal with um, with building of communities and economic development, we felt that it might be something that his office would be interested in and be in support of, and they were. They, they, they were up to it and glad to be a part of it. So the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, they have a division called the Space Base. Um, part of their, I'm sorry, they have the Space Base, that Space Base Initiative, my apologies, and this is what they do their workshop through. So we know about a lot of different government grants. We know about people who offer grants. But because sometimes those grants don't always, the information about the grants don't always make it to the community level. So sometimes people who actually can qualify to apply for these things don't get a chance to apply for it because they don't know about it. So these trainings are about connecting people with information about these grants and also giving them the training that gets them ready to connect the grants. Wonderful. All right, um, tell us a little bit about the Everyman Theater in your role. You have a very important position with the theater. Yeah, so um, at Everyman Theater, this season we're going to have a lot of interesting plays. We're going to be doing August Wilson, and the director from that's going to be directing at Everyman this year is actually was a stage manager in the original production at Yale with James Earl Jones. So he's going to be directing it this year. And we also have a play called Under the Skin, which is an amazing play about a man who abandons his children and then comes back years later and wants to negotiate them donating an organ, so donating a, a kidney. It's either a kidney or liver. They want to negotiate him um, for them to donate an organ in order for him to survive and the dynamics of what does it mean to be family. And we've got, we've got, I'm sorry, pardon me. We've got Death of a Salesman. Um, so we've got a couple plays that are coming up that are really awesome. But in addition to that, with the community engagement, they really are wanting to open the space up in different ways and be in the community in different ways. So we've got theater classes for youth, everyone from like, zero months 
all the way up to 100 can come and take a class that's, uh, that's really focused on their age and their ability. How long has the theater been in existence? Pardon me? How long has the theater been, been in existence? When was the theater established? Here. That it's been wow. in existence. This year. And this is their third year in their new building. What I like about Everyman is that it's a perfect example of a nonprofit growing. And they started off, their theater was in a bowling alley um, off of North Avenue in Baltimore, south of North. They converted the bowling alley into a theater. They did all of their productions in that space up until three years ago. And so through the leadership of Vince Lynchese, they were able to grow into this building, and now they're able to do more. So I just want to make sure that the community is aware of their initiative, the community is aware that the doors at every man theater are open, and that we can begin to talk about how, what is the role that every man can play in the community, and, and, and what does that look like? And, and that's kind of how my position came about. I originally started as an Urban Arts Leadership Fellow, and the Urban Arts Leadership Fellowship Program is an amazing program that happens in Baltimore to get more people of color in arts administration positions. And so you go to the program and you have intensive, that's, it's like it's like getting a, a graduate certificate in addition to getting your graduate degree. It's very intense. So you go through all of these training programs, and as a part of the training program, they put you with an organization to work with. So I was placed in Everyman Theater's education department, and by being there and then looking at the work that I did with my museum and the success of that, they felt that they, they, they actually created a position for me to be able to do community engagement and help to build their community engagement department. Excellent. Um, now, if someone wants to get in touch with you and contact you about um, the courses and the different programs at the theater, how would they reach out to you? The best way to contact me is M Douglas D O U G L A S S at Everyman Theater and Theater is spelled T H E A T R dot O R G. If they are to email me, I that's the quick way for me to respond. And then um or they can you know, they can give us a call. But they email me, that's the best way, and I can get right back to them and tell them about all the wonderful courses that we have coming up. Okay. And is, 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 are the courses free of charge or is there a fee? There's a fee for, mm-hmm. for a lot of the courses because we do, we really have some of the, the best actors and the best uh, trainers in the area that are coming to teach. And, and we're firm believers in being able to pay our artists that serve our community and putting them in a position to serve the community. So there is a fee that's associated with a lot of the courses. A lot of times we do stuff that is um, without a fee associated to it as well. And mm-hmm. we have something a wonderful event called World of the Cross. play it costs five um, the first Sunday after the play starts. And it talks about how does this play really apply to what's happening in the world today? And we mm-hmm. get a chance to talk about oh, the arts and activism. Like we have a play called Inspector Calls, and 
when we talk about talking about is the role of the artist to speak about society or is the role of the artist strictly to entertain? And then how do you find a balance between the two um, as an artist working in the 21st century? So we're able to talk about these. Those programs cost $5, and um, we also have a Pay What You Can night, which is the first Tuesday before the opening of the show. And pay what you can, literally, if you come in. If you can pay a dollar, you pay a dollar. If you can pay 10, you pay 10. And you're able to see all of our every one of our plays has a pay with you can night. Um, and and we, we get a lot of people that come through that night. So there are some things that are, are free or sliding scale or what you can pay. Wow, that's, that's, that's incredible. You, I, I haven't heard anyone do anything like that. <laughs> well, you can just pay what you can and see a theater, you know, yes, that's, that's, that's awesome. Funny. That's great. You're breaking up a little bit. Pardon me? I'm sorry, your phone cut in and out just a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, when I first came to the theater, I was amazed um, that they did have the Pay What You Can program. And, you know, a lot of people in Baltimore did not know about it. A lot of people just had no idea that it was happening because, like you said, people just don't expect that theaters are opening their doors this way. But, no, we the Pay What You Can program did allow um, – Anyone to come in at any price but come. Okay. Now this week they're celebrating the National Black uh, Theater uh, Festival in North Carolina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does, uh, does your theater participate in different festivals? Our theater goes to different festivals that are that are involved with the theater, that go to different festivals in order to connect with different actors, directors, you know, to mm-hmm. see what's happening. Um, so at different times, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because I'm with Cassie Building Workshop this year, mm-hmm. I don't think that we have down at the National Black Theater um, Festival this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, sometimes theaters since different plays out uh, to be showcased. Is there a particular play being showcased or was recently showcased at the theater that you want to talk about? Um, Ruins. Any highlights in the last three years? Go ahead. Last season, Lynn Nottage um, Ruined was shown. Ruined was shown at the theater, and it was absolutely... It was stunning. And Don Ursula, she played the lead part. And we got an unbelievable um, amount of, of unbelievable reviews. It was well attended. And um, it was actually the first play that I got to see in this new building. And it was, you know, when I was just, just starting out there. And I was just amazed. I'm, I'm always amazed at what the level of emotion and depth that is able to be be presented through theater, and and mm-hmm. just how much resolution can happen on that stage and beyond that stage. Okay, and uh, let's talk a little bit about getting in contact with you for your theater. Um, not your theater. I'm sorry for your museum. If someone, how do you choose? You know what type of 
uh, artist you want to exhibit, and if someone thinks that they have a perfect fit or your place would be a perfect platform, tell them, what are you looking for? So I have a preference for artists that have families in the area that I am working in. So right now I'm working in Baltimore, so I really work with a lot of um, all the artists that I've worked with pretty much have, are a part in some way of a family structure. And that doesn't mean that they have to be a traditional family structure, but in some way, shape, form, or fashion, they're either heavily engaged with their family or they're heavily engaged with um, their community. The reason that I say that is because what happens is a lot of times as an artist, and I say this, you know, because one of the hardest things I could do was stay an artist after and a lot of times you become a parent, and that shifts whether or not you can be sustainable as an artist. So by focusing on keeping artists who have family sustainable, I feel like I'm taking the level of my family arts museum to another, you know, to a, to a whole other. It, it gives me a, a different capacity to reach. Now, mm-hmm. what I've no, I I um I can't always say that it's 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 about me just liking it. I am interested in work and artists that I want to talk about for a long period of time. So everyone that I've worked with, I'm interested in what their photography is going to look like three years from now, and and what their art is going to be looking at like five years or the culture that they're making. So it's just about really beginning a dialogue with an artist that is evolving and putting their work mm-hmm. within a community setting that the conversation can continue about the work that they're doing. Okay. Uh, did you have someone that mentored you as you were coming along in your career? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man, I've had some amazing, phenomenal mentors. Um, I definitely attribute a lot of how I'm able to mm, open up, how I'm able to even see this museum and and, and even begin this museum to George Sissel, and he is the director of the curatorial practice program at MICA, but he also was the founder of the Contemporary Museum, which is a nomadic museum in Baltimore. He's a huge mentor of mine. I've studied with him for years. I also would go and sit with Sam Gilliam. He's in D.C. And, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you may be familiar. He's amazing. I would just go sit with him for, you know, sometimes once a week, once every two weeks, and I would just go sit for two to three hours and just listen. He would give me books and um, talk to me about different work and look at what I was doing. Um, Larry Frazier, he's down in D.C., has always had that, you know, that, that hand behind just kind of pushing Pushing D.K. Adams, Genoa, um, Mama Genoa down in D.C., amazing artist. So a lot of people coming out of D.C., Axel Lynch, um, Miriam DeCosta-Willis, mm-hmm. writers, uh, Octavia Butler. She is a virtual mentor of mine. I got a chance to meet her three times in my lifetime, so so that was definitely um, a good thing. But her work, her, her science fiction work is almost like, uh, you know, almost like having a spider walk with me. So I, I wow. feel like that so many, there's so many people that have um, really just, Hillary Hatfield, I love her work as a curator. Um, 
Sonia Clark. She's a, a, a visual artist. So there's a lot of people that have either directly, like a Sam Gilliam, a B.K. Adams, you know, a Mama Genuine. These are more direct. I can call them. I go sit with them, you know, mm-hmm. artists. And then there are other artists and curators who I'm, you know, it's strange. Now they're becoming, there's some, some people that I'm actually able to go and sit with, people that I would dream about before I'm actually able to um, go and sit with and make mentors out of them. I, I don't know what I would do without mentorship, though. I, I have no idea. I wouldn't be courageous enough to even step out the way that I have if I didn't have them. Wow, such humility. That is something, to, you know, to, to have. It's the humility that you're showing is really um, fascinating and that you're so open about sharing it. Now, are you mentoring anyone? Yes, and, you know, sometimes, you don't even know. <laughs> you, I taught school for um, over 10 years, and most of my students mm-hmm. I have seen that with. And we are either on Facebook, they call me, and I'm in direct mentorship with them. However, mm-hmm. entering into this season, into the fall, I'm really reevaluating what does it mean for me now that I'm in the position that I'm in. You know, and I'm able to to actually, you know, do do more than inspire. Mm-hmm. I'm how I want to look at, you know, taking on maybe two to three very serious mentees and what that will mm-hmm. look like. So I'm in the process of thinking about that right now. Um, even though I have a lot of young women that are just a part of my life <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm wondering what that would look like for me to take on someone in my field and 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 really be a part of their a part of their cultivation the way the people have cultivated me. Okay, is there a separate contact that uh, these uh, people that you're thinking about working with or the artists in this in Baltimore area? Is there another contact or website that you like to share yeah. with the audience? So if you if if you go to my website Milani and Douglas, it's basically melanin, melanin Douglas with two S's dot com. I have my contact information. They can find out about some of the projects. I'm, I'm in the process of updating it this week, so they can go to that mm-hmm. one, and they can also on Facebook they can look up the Family Arts Museum. That's one of the you know fastest ways that they can. It's amazing what technology can do these days. If they look up Family Arts Museum on Facebook, send me a message, like the page. Uh, they can reach out to me that way. They can send me their work. They can let me know what they're working on. And, um, you know, any any way that I could either direct them or be helpful, I will, I will do what I can. Okay. And last question before you leave. I'm excited about the Smithsonian um, African American Museum uh, yeah. in D.C. What do you know about the museum. Tell our audience, and how do you plan on working with it if you have it in your site? So the Smithsonian, um, the African, okay, so there's, there's oh, the African American Museum, the new African American Museum, correct? Right. I think I think they're still building it under construction. So I'm thinking about the Smithsonian in Anacostia. So the African American okay. Museum. Okay, let's are, talk about both of them. Yeah, so the the Smithsonian in Anacostia is one of the few neighborhoods. It's the only 
Neighborhood Museum in the Smithsonian system. It's located in Anacostia. They do a lot of exhibitions that are strictly focused on the neighborhood exhibition on the beadwork of women from South Africa. Um, they had, um, you know, they had one that talked about language and how language from Africa to America and how we even to this day carry some of the languages that were, you know, from a long time ago or even languages that are still being spoken in Africa today, and they traced it. So they do some very interesting work over there. So um, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with them in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Now with the Smithsonian African American Museum, I'm really excited to see about what kind of programming they create and some of the exhibitions. I do know a few people that are down there that I, you know, I, I love the work that they did everywhere else, so I can only imagine that they're going to do phenomenal things at that Smithsonian. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to have something to be very, very proud of and a core, a, a very, very, um, a place that we can really go and see ourselves when we go to the museums on the mall. All right. Well, this has been exciting uh, talking to you about all the different uh, phases of your life. You are a very busy, busy woman. And uh, the HUD workshop, again, is taking place when? It's August 5th from 9 to 4. If anyone is interested in attending, they can email me at M Douglas with two S's at Every Man Theater. Theater is spelled T H E A T R E dot O R G, and I will send them the link for them to register. And I, I hope that even more people can come out and we can pack the household that we show that there's interest in this kind of work and we can do it again. Okay. And any parting words as you leave for your mentors or your mentees? Well, I just you know I. If you want to, there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I recommend that anyone who is trying to do anything, um, particularly in, particularly in the arts, because I'm in the arts, anyone that's trying to get anything done, align yourself with the right people, align yourself with the team, and, and and allow people to help you. And, uh, and help other people. And the other thing that I want to say is that you doing your work and being passionate about your work is a revolutionary act. And make sure that you participate in the revolution that is happening, the evolution that's happening in this world right now by being passionate and being exceptional in what you do. Excellent. Well, thank you, Milani. This has been wonderful. And please let's stay in touch, and hopefully I'll see you on Wednesday. Perfect. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much. All righty. Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.